0: This is a podcast from Tbilisi International Christian Fellowship, a gathering of many nations who are one in Christ.
1: It's an awesome privilege to be here with you this afternoon, and um, it's even greater privilege. Sorry, my Bible's a bit heavy, so it's going to i think it should be fine hopefully the stand will stand this test of time
0: what
1: is <laughs> it's a privilege here to be with you here this afternoon and even more of a privilege privilege to be able to share the word with you and um just so you know a little bit about me and my passion in the word um i'm a i'm a pastor i was a pastor in south africa and um but when it comes to sharing the Word, I have a great passion for the Word. And sometimes, even as a pastor, it's my temptation to... The temptation of the Word is when you're preaching, you've got so much that you want to say and so much that you've got to really focus to be able to stay on target because there's so much richness in the Word. But one of the things I really want to share with you and encourage, with you, encourage you this afternoon, I have a passion to let people understand and know and perceive... What is the inheritance that God has in us, the saints? How much God has deposited and invested in us to display his glory and to establish his kingdom here on this earth? If you think you are living a blessed life now, wait until God opens your eyes even further. Because we will never stop seeing we'll never stop growing until the time that jesus comes back or that you go to jesus we will never stop growing and growing and being conformed into the image of the son jesus christ so that is my prayer this afternoon is that god by his holy spirit will really reveal to us more and more of what he has placed inside of us so that we can live the fullness of what god has planned for us here on this earth Whether you're a businessman, a student, a missionary, or a full-time minister, God has a lot more for you. Turn to the person next to you and say, God has a lot more for you. Hallelujah. All right, in Africa, we we love noisy churches. We love speaking churches. So I'm just going to activate those mouths a little bit. All right. So if you've got your Bibles with me or your 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 bibles your digital bibles uh, turn with me to the book of John and we're going to start in
0: the book of John chapter 14 <clears throat> now Jesus is walking talking to his disciples
1: And he says something here that really stirs my imagination. I studied drama as, a, as a, a major in my art school, and I love to use my imagination. And when I read the Bible, it's like watching a movie. And um, I love expanding my mind to the possibilities of what God, has been, what God is saying to me through the Word. So in verse 12, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Now, like I said, I love using my imagination. And one of the things I love, like I was talking to Pastor the one day, one of the things I love doing is, imagine I had a billion dollars. What would I do with a billion dollars? What would you do with a billion dollars? Or if I was the president of the country... What would I do as the president? And I just expand my mind to the possibilities of what could be possible. And when Jesus said, The things that I do, you will also do. Now, Jesus set the bar quite high. He healed the sick, he cast out the devils, he raised the dead. The things I do, you will also do. Amen. In fact, the, the, the apostles commanded heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. Cast out devils and raise the dead. Cool beans? Okay. And then Jesus goes on to say, greater things you will do than what I've done. Okay. What's greater than what Jesus did while he was here on this earth? What could be greater than raising up a dead? Practice to the works. I'll leave it there hanging for a bit. How's it? So the first thing, the works that I do. So what did Jesus do? He preached the gospel. He preached the gospel. He healed the sick. He raised the dead, cast out devils. So basically everything Jesus did in the gospels, that is what we are called to do. And I think that is quite a common concept within the church, is to live like Jesus lived. Amen? Amen. Jesus is a man who went around doing good, delivering all of those who are oppressed by the devil. That's what the scripture says. But then he goes on to say, greater works you will do. Mike, not because you're a greater person. But because of the greater one that lives inside of you. It's not because of who you are. Let me be clear. It's because of who He is. But today, I don't want to focus so much on the works. I'm more interested in the the who and the how. Uh, not, not the who and the how. <laughs> the how and the why. How do we do greater works? And why can we do greater works? And I feel the key is in the last part of that scripture where he says, greater works you will do. Because, because what? Because I go to my Father. That's why you can do greater works. So there's something really important from the time Jesus spoke the Scripture to the time he goes to the Father. Something happens there that causes us to do greater works. Are, are you following my train of thoughts? Because he, say, he qualifies it by saying, because I go to the Father. That's why you're going to be able to do greater works. So, let's look at these. The first thing I want to say is that the limitations of Christ are gone. Please understand me correctly. Jesus was, is, and will always be God. Are you with me? When he was on the earth, he was the son of God and shown through power. But he had placed limitations on himself. Turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 4 quickly, please. I must be getting old. In the church in the old days, you would hear the pages going. Now it's just. I'll just believe by faith that those who have their Bibles are, <laughs> are going to, to um, Galatians. Galatians four. In chapter four.
0: What did I say? 4 and verse 4. It says, But when the fullness of time come, God
1: sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So He came as a human being. He limited Himself to a human body and was born from a woman, Subject to his parents as a child. And he was born under the law. He was a man like you and I. Even though he was God. He had placed himself and confined himself to a human body. Are you with me? Oh, please respond to me. I'd love it. Are you with me? (laughs) I don't want to feel alone up here. (laughs) All right? The second thing is that there was a change of position. When Christ died, there was a change of position. He died on the cross. He was, in the, he was in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And then he rose from the dead and was seated at the right hand of the Father. Turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians. I'm just laying a quick foundation
0: and then we'll... Talk a bit about it. Ephesians chapter one, Ephesians one and verse nineteen
1: to twenty-three. And Paul is praying for the, the the church at Ephesus, and he says, and halfway in the prayer he says, "And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power." which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, although Christ on earth, Jesus Christ on earth, was God and was the Son of God, something happened when He was raised from the dead, and God seated Him at His right hand, far above. Everyone say far above. far above. There was certain change in His position. Was He not far above the devil when He was here on earth and being tempted by the devil? Yet He allowed Himself to be tempted by the devil. I think some of us born again Christians with start praying and just casting out the devil and just tell him to leave us alone and wouldn't suffer the irritating voice of the devil. But there was a great change in position and a release of authority. He always had that authority, as I said. But there's a certain amount of confinement That Jesus placed himself under when he was on this earth. Like when he was being tempted by the devil. The devil said, can't you just call down a, a... It's not a legion of angels. An army of angels to catch you. Jesus could have done that. But did he? No. He could have turned the stones into bread. He didn't. Why? Because he had confined himself for a specific
0: purpose and specific work although he was God. But when he rose from the dead,
1: those limitations were taken away because the work of salvation had been completed. The work that he had to do as a man, as a perfect man, was completed. And all these limitations, the limitation of the human body, the frailty. Do you think Jesus got
0: tired? Jesus needed to eat. He got hungry. Do you think he suffers those things anymore?
1: No. Those limitations are gone. Sorry, there's one more scripture here. Let's go to Philippians. Philippians 2. I love hearing those pages. Philippians 2 and from verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal, considered robbery to be equal with God, but made himself. Everyone say he made himself. Okay. And now I just lost myself, but made himself of no reputation Taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, therefore God has also highly exalted him. Everyone say, highly exalted him. And given him the name which is above every other name. Didn't he have that name here on this earth? But you see, something changed in this process of completed work on the earth and the resurrection. A new, a new, a a, a new—can't say a new form of power because he he always had it. But those limitations were taken away, and he was given that authority by God the Father, which he always had, but was now released. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those of earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. So this change of position released that original authority. So the first one was the limitations are gone. The second one is change of position. And this change of position was as a result of a change of mandates, which is the third one. What was the mandate of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, here on this earth? Salvation, redemption, and atonement.
0: The work of salvation. And that's why he said on the cross, it is finished. Is Jesus on holiday? No. With all respect.
1: Just because God rested on the seventh day, I hope you know he didn't take a long sabbatical. Or that on the seventh day, God does nothing. But when he said it's finished, he said, this work, this mandate that I was called to for this purpose here on the earth is completed. And when he sat down at the right hand of God, a new mandate was given to Christ. Turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 110. Oh, I love that sound. It's actually pretty foreign for me to be in a very in a church in, in a non-African church because um in Africa you'll learn that the people sometimes over celebrate. <laughs> but they're very responsive towards the word of God. They they are taught in our more conservative churches, the the the, the white churches, there's a saying stilte in ikak, signs outside. It says silence in church. I believe that's a very ungodly thing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um Psalm hundred and ten, we're gonna read verse one and two. And now Peter also quoted this in, in, in the book of Acts, chapter two. Um Talking about Jesus. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make all your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Everyone say rule. This is the mandate of Christ. Is to rule in the midst of his enemies through Zion. Through the
0: church. To establish His kingdom as the Father makes every enemy His footstool. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's not only the Son of man. And this is His
1: mandate. And for that mandate, He needs the grace to be able to fulfill the mandate. I can't tell you, Daniel, to go build a house with the proper, without the proper equipment. Are you with me? I can't send you out to chop down a tree with a butter knife. The butter knife was good for making, what's the Americans call it, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. (laughs) We don't have jelly, we call it jam. But it's no good for chopping down a tree. And so for this mandate of ruling, Christ needs that position, that authority, that grace of King of kings, Lord Lord, Those limitations can no longer be there. Are you with me?
0: His mandate to rule with a rod of iron. Now why am I
1: sharing you this with you? Because if I am called to live like Christ, this has a very specific application in
0: my life. It's important to understand this if I'm to live like Christ. And I'm going to explain a little bit from the example of John. Now,
1: John had a very intimate relationship with Christ. He's the one who lay on Jesus' breast. He's the one that's commonly thought of as the one that says the one that Jesus loved, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Many people assume that it's John. He had this intimate relationship, and he was in the inner circle of, of disciples with Peter, James, and John. For instance, he had experiences with, with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He even had a glimpse of God's glory on the Mount of Transfiguration.
0: And many of us are in that position today. We have this intimate relationship with God,
1: and we have possibly seen glimpses of his glory. but there's so much more that God has for you not only that God wants to reveal to you but there's a grace that God wants to release upon your life and from your life to fulfill the mandates upon your
0: life do you believe this morning that you have a mandate from God i hope so i hope that you believe that you have a calling and a purpose
1: and it's not just up in the air, fairy purpose, a dream
0: from God. It's a mandate. And a mandate is something that keeps you accurate. And that
1: That is one of the reasons why I have been able to avoid temptation in my life. And I'm not talking about lust and sin and all these things. I'm talking about ministry opportunities and success and... I've had people just say, he has a 2,000 member church. You be the pastor. And I'm like, no, thank you. Or he has a whole plot of ground. Establish a ministry for us here. The government. was the government of Uganda. And I'm able to say no. Because I know I have a mandate from God. I have a specific calling and purpose. And that's going to keep me accurate. Are you with me? When you've, got a focus, you are, when you've got a focus, a focus point, you will not stray. So you need to know that you have a mandate. A mandate will also help you to persevere. Jesus was able to ha- handle and endure the cross
0: because he knew his mandate. He had a focus point. You being part of that focus point. How did I go from that tangent?
1: Oh, we may have even had this intimate relationship with God and seen the glimpse of this glory, but we need to understand the fullness of Christ in our lives. Because although John had this intimate relationship with God, although he knew God and Jesus in such a personal way, what a privilege to walk with Jesus for three years.
0: And to see that transfiguration. Let's turn to the book of Revelations. And
1: I want to show you why I'm using this example. Revelations in chapter
0: 1. And we're going to start in verse 9. I, John,
1: both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying... I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Tyretra, and all those wonderful names, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Forgive me if I'm butchering the... I'm not a, I'm not a, a scholar of Greek countries or Turkish countries or whatever they are or were. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. So... John, hears a voice speaking behind him. And he turns around. And what does he see? And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man. Everyone say, like the Son of Man. Why would, Jesus, why would John put it in such a way? Why well, didn't he say, I turned around and I saw Jesus. Or I saw the Son of Man. Or I saw the Son of God. I saw one like the Son of Man. Are you with me? Clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass as refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. When I saw him, I ran to him and I gave him a hug and I put my head on his chest.
0: When I saw him,
1: I just want to say I fell like a dead man. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. This is John's encounter with Jesus. The one who laid on Jesus' breast, who had an intimate relationship, who sat and broke bread with Jesus, who sat and listened to his parables, who walked with him. The next time he saw Jesus, after his resurrection, he was terrified with the glory and the awe that he saw. A good terrified. Have you ever... I I pray that God will reveal His glory in such a way to you. It's a really great terror. It's an awesome fear. Believe me, I think think especially us
0: more charismatic Christians need that fear to know that we deal with a holy God. He fell down like a dead man of what he saw. This is the Christ that lives in you. This is a really important shift
1: in your mindsets. Because many times, if I had to ask you to imagine Jesus, to close your eyes and visualize Jesus,
0: the majority of us will picture Jesus in the Gospels. Some of us will see Jesus on the cross. Hopefully none of us see Jesus
1: as a baby. The reason why I say this, because the book of Proverbs says, as a man thinks, so is he.
0: The way I see Jesus is the way I'm going to live him out. Why do I say that? Because it's been the same Jesus that lives... There.
1: Nothing, nothing changes about Jesus living in you after hearing this word. It's the same Jesus that you walked in with. Please forgive me for my human
0: thinking there. Jesus doesn't change. The same Jesus that you received when
1: you were born again is the same Jesus that is living in you now. But you have grown in Christ, hopefully. More of Christ has matured in your life. Did Jesus change? No, you did. Your mindset changed through revelation in the Word. You began to understand who is inside of you, what is inside of you. Are you with me? As a man thinks,
0: so he is. If you think you're a loser, you're going to live out the life of a loser. Do you get what I'm saying? If you think you're the president, you may walk around like a president, but
1: it doesn't make you the president. (laughs) But this is the Christ that is living inside of you. And when we break the mold, because Jesus said, "What what I have done, you will also do as the son of man. And that's awesome. That's what we're supposed to do. Pastor Bart's preaching a good series on the fruits of the Spirit to display the character of Christ, to display the character of God. Are you with me? We've got to display how Jesus was as a man, to have compassion on brothers and sisters, to have compassion for those suffering out there, to seek and save the lost. That's why Jesus came as a man. He was able able to to be a high priest that is able to, to relate with us. Jesus is man. But don't forget that he is no longer just the Son of Man that we saw in the, in the Gospels. He has been stripped from those bonds, not bonds, the, the limitations that he placed upon himself. All power and authority has been given to him. The gift of the Holy Spirit was given to him and he had poured it out. When he speaks, he speaks like mighty rushing water. The God of glory thunders when He speaks. That is the God
0: living inside of me. That is the Christ living inside of me. And if I want to live like Christ, not just one part, not just little parts, the whole parts, Look, I'm not big on dominion theology or whatever it is, but I'm also not, I'm not a
1: great believer of a church that is cowering in fear and waiting for Jesus to come and rescue us.
0: I'm not looking for a bus to get out of here. Because I believe in these end times, great persecution, mark
1: of the beast, blah, blah, blah all those horrible things may happen. But I also believe that the last days is the greatest demonstration of the church and the kingdom of God. And the power and the glory of God. Are you with me? In the book of Acts, they were faced with great persecution. They were being slaughtered. But at the same time, they were disrupting everything. They were turning cities upside down. That's why the Jews said, if you come here, to? <laughs> they, they train this place upside down. That's literally what they were doing. They were creating chaos. They were disrupting the systems of this world and displaying God's glory. Are you with me? So though there's great darkness, at the same time, there's a great light beginning to shine. And no matter how you interpret Old Testament prophecy, I believe that Isaiah 60 is, is valid. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of God has risen upon you. For behold, great darkness has covered the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you. Gentiles will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. The church is going to shine the glory of God in these last days, so that there will be a clear distinction between darkness and light.
0: But if the church is cowering behind fear and, and, and Christians won't say it
1: like that they'll develop a, a, a wonderful theology of being good people. I, I just want, through my life, I'm going to testify about Christ, and it sounds good and it's right. But through your life, you've got to live the fullness of Christ. That doesn't mean you have to be in full time ministry. And it doesn't mean you have to be a charismatic preacher either. Philip went down to Samaria and he turned, turned that place upside down. He, a revival broke out through his life. What was he? He was at the McDonald's. He was serving food to the, 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 the widows and the poor. Uh, you, you
0: with me? They were normal people, they were just filled with the Spirit. All these great apostles, tax collectors, fishermen. Only one really qualified, Paul, who was out a bit later than the 12. Are you with me? Why I'm trying to say that? Because don't disqualify
1: yourself, either out of a lack of whatever, this, whatever it may be, do not disqualify yourself. No one's saying, I'm, I'm not telling you to go and stand in the street corner and preach. Because most of us can't speak Georgian anyway. It's not going to work. <laughs> Are you with me? But however God wants to do it through your life, do not limit Him because of your fear. Yeah. And you cannot say, I don't know, or, I have ignorance today because you've been told. To live the life of Christ. To live in the resurrection power of Christ. The kingdom of God is not just in word, but in power. Pastor Bart, I'm just going to step on your, your sermon a little bit on, on your, your topic here. The, Muslims can, uh, the Muslim can show love, can he not? The Buddhist can show patience, hopefully, or they try. The atheist can display charity or any other but
0: is is it the fruit of the spirit no what makes our love different from
1: a non-believer's love I know really great non-believers that really love
0: and generally care for me but there's something different inside of us
1: are you with me as Pastor Bart is saying, it's the, the work of the Spirit inside of us, producing, us a love, producing a love inside of us that cannot be produced by ourselves. That's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of Conrad, or the fruit of Daniel, or the fruit of whoever, or Julia. It's to be able to love when you cannot love. It's to be able to, you know, in South Africa we're saying, uh, I've had it up to here some of us have a shorter fuse than others. But you know, the fruit of patience is when I'm able to go above my limitation of patience and into the patience of God. You know how patient God is with you, first of all. (laughs) I know how patient He is with me. He 's super patient, and when I start to access his patience, I start to move in the fruit of the spirit where people see this is not natural this is this is something beautiful, this is something attractive Christ, the fruit of the spirit amen,
0: but it 's not just about character. I believe the supernatural
1: power of god that's who god is you cannot take one without the other are you with me god is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth he is supernatural whatever god's presence touches must bring life are you with me we've got to display this why because we've got to show that god is
0: tangible god is living god is real Amen? So I really believe when we
1: start to understand the Christ that is living in us, you won't be having nightmares about the devil. The devil will be having nightmares about you. As I say, I've got a good imagination. I got a word from a pastor once and said, not even the devil knows what God's going to do through your life. And right then, then I had a picture of the devil Visualizing my face and just breaking out in
0: a sweat. The devil is petrified of you. Petrified.
1: Because he knows what's inside of you. When Jesus walked up to the demon-possessed guy, the devil didn't start arguing with Jesus. I'm ready to go. (laughs) He asked permission to
0: leave. Are you with me? He was so petrified because he says, I know who you are. You are the son of God. Please, I've booked my ticket. i packed my bags. Just cars, just permit me to go there. And Jesus let him go. You've got to start realizing who you are. in Christ. Then you'll start to carry
1: yourself, not like a prison, but as an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. As a
0: son of the almighty God. I fear to tread on on
1: uh, on politics. I'm going to think of another important president. The Queen of England. Nobody's British here, hey. The Queen of England. Do you think the Queen's son, Prince Charles, for instance, do you think he walks around with a, a self-image or confidence problem or feels like a loser and... Afraid of everybody and afraid to talk to somebody, no, why, well, I'm the Prince of England. <laughs> he walks around with stature because he knows who he is.
0: Are you with me? He speaks as a as the prince as the coming king. he's the next king. We as Christians have got to realize who lives in us and who we are.
1: And then we'll start to carry ourselves like that. We won't be afraid of sharing the gospel with a non-believer. Believe me, I know the feeling.
0: (laughs) What's he going to say? What if he doesn't like what I say? So I just want to encourage you because once we start to tap into this, Once we start,
1: Paul, let's just read that one last prayer in closing once again.
0: Let's go back to Ephesians 1. I think it's really fitting. I believe that once we
1: start to access, once we start to understand and then access these things, I think a lot more freedom will develop in your life. You won't be struggling so much with calling, with circumstances, wrestling with sin,
0: depression, whatever it may be. You'll be set free from those bonds
1: because you won't be afraid of those things anymore. God has not given a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? So let me just read this prayer from the beginning. Ephesians 1. Paul says in verse 15, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in Lord Jesus and your love for the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Everyone say revelation. Revelation. That he may give you the spirit of revelation. In the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The eyes of your understanding. May they be enlightened. Why? That you may know. That you may see. What is the hope of his calling. The mandate upon his, your life. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. When you start to understand that you have this treasure in earthen vessels, you kind of have an idea, but it's all up there somewhere. You, you, haven't, you haven't expanded your imagination. You haven't expanded your thought process to ask the question, what is it that is in me? It's like having a bank account with a card, and somebody said to you, there's a, money there for you. But you haven't gone to go look, you just know you've got money there for a rainy day. But until you actually go put in the card, press in the pin, you won't know how much funds is in there. And all this time you're living like a poor person, you're living like a person who cannot afford food or cannot pay rent. And then one day you go and put the money, uh, the, the card in there, and you access and you realize you're a billionaire.
0: Life changes. Amen? What is the riches
1: of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power? May, may God enlighten your eyes through the Holy Spirit, not only today, but as you walk with him, as you spend time in his word. Let the word of God bring light. In your mind to understand everything that he has invested and deposited in you. Because all creation is waiting for what? For you. All creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. But we're here. Hello, I'm here. Why is creation still waiting? They're waiting for you to be made manifest. More importantly, they are waiting for the Son of God to be made manifest in you. We are still being conformed into the image of Christ. And the more and more we allow this process, the more and more you'll live out your destiny. Hallelujah. Let's stand, please, and let's close in prayer. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for your grace, for your love that you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. But I thank you, Lord, that even as we have been forgiven, we have been embraced and adopted as sons. I thank you, Lord, that you have invested and deposited not only your spirit in us, but you have placed inside of us everything that we need to live out our lives as a son of God here on this earth. God, I thank you that you have called us for a purpose. And the first purpose is to live like Christ, to live like the Son of God in all his fullness here on this earth. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you will come and enlighten each and every one of our eyes to know, to know the fullness of everything that we have attained in Jesus Christ. Even as you say in your word, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And just as you have seated Christ at your right hand, so we are seated with him in heavenly places. Help us to understand how to live the fullness of our identity as,
0: a, as sons of God, as children of God. I just want to ask that you're just...
1: Either lift up your hands or open your hands in an act of surrender, however however you want to best do it, just as a symbol of surrender to Christ in your life this, this afternoon. Galatians 2 verse 20 says, For I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. God, this morning we surrender ourselves, we surrender our personality, we surrender our fears, we surrender whatever it may be in our lives that is preventing this treasure that is in this earthen vessel from breaking forth through us into our community, into our workplace, into our families, wherever it needs to go, wherever the kingdom needs to break out. May Christ live through our lives in all his fullness and glory. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. This podcast was from Tbilisi International Christian Fellowship. Learn more about us online at ticf-georgia.org. Thanks for
0: listening.